Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 257. The Summer Guest Fest has arrived, and this year we've decided since summertime is the easiest time of year to get distracted from your business, the kids are home from school, vacation is on the horizon, there's so much going on that can keep you from moving forward towards your goals that we wanna do everything possible to keep you on track and inspire you to keep moving forward towards accomplishing your big dream. So for the next two months, we're gonna be offering you at least two special guest episodes episodes each and every week. We hope you enjoy the extra value, the added inspiration, and a little extra urge of motivation to keep on going. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have our guest of the week here with me today. Welcome to the show, Joel Holland. Well, thanks for having me, Kelly. I'm excited to uh, be on. Really excited to have you on. So um, Joel is the founder and CEO of Videoblocks, a company that distributes over a million clips of royalty-free stock video and audio each month to over 100,000 customers in the television and video production industry. This includes professional outlets like NBC to hobbyists and enthusiasts. In 2012, Videoblocks was named the fourth fastest growing media company in the U.S. by Inc. Magazine and has made the Inc. 500 list. His work with Videoblocks, Joel has been named one of the top 25 entrepreneurs under 25 by Business Week magazine, Young Entrepreneur of the Year by United States Small Business Administration, and Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernst & Young for the greater Washington, D.C. region. He made Inc. Magazine's prestigious 30 under 30 list in 2013 and graduated magna cum laude from Babson College, a school ranked number one for entrepreneurship by U.S. News and World Report. Joel resides in Washington, D.C. So some really interesting, exciting experiences that you've had there as an entrepreneur and quite a journey there, Joel. Yeah, thanks. And <laughs> that's a nice way to start the uh, the day, hearing all those accolades back to back. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we always say that the entrepreneurial journey is a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm sure looking back on that, there's got to be some big lessons learned um, before you made your way onto the Inc. 500 list and 25, top 25 under 25. So what were some of the biggest kind of road bumps or unanticipated challenges that you you experienced as an entrepreneur on your way to the top, Joel? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I found, unfortunately a little, you know, a little late, I wish I'd figured this out earlier, uh, is that you, you don't have to, you don't have to make yourself miserable to be a successful entrepreneur. And I think that the, the typical entrepreneur, um, personality and, and temperament is like, you, you see a problem, you want to fix it, you see a way to make money by doing it, and then you just go after it like full bore, right? And, and entrepreneurs tend to be, you know, pretty type A a lot of times, um, and we pour ourselves into our company. And that's good, right? Like, you know, you, sh you should not start a company unless you're going to like live and breathe and bleed that company. But I kind of took that too far, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs do, um, to the point that I was spending every waking hour fretting and stressing over the business, um, at the expense of spending time with friends and family, uh, at, at the expense of leisure activities and kind of like personal health and wellness. Uh, it was all business all day, all the time. And for a while I loved that. I felt like a champ. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw people 
going out to happy hour and hanging out and having fun. And I actually looked down on them and thought, oh, you know, you guys are so dumb. You know, you're letting you know, all these opportunities slide by. I'm going to grind. And, and that worked for a while. And, and it certainly w- was a good way to grow a business and make it profitable and all these things. But it also led very quickly to, um, you know, this slippery slope towards burnout. And, it, and burnout is one of these funny things that kind of creeps up, you know, creeps up on you quickly. And, you know, one day I'm on top of the world, you know, you know, feeling like a champ. And the next day I'm hitting the snooze button a bunch of times because I'm just tired of, of getting up and doing the same thing over and over again. It creeps up on you quietly, but it hits you like a freight train, right? Like, yeah. I think that's the experience that we've all had is like, you don't even, you're so in it. You're so in it to win it that you don't even realize like how unraveled you are until like it's already there and then you're in big, big trouble, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, in hindsight, it's as simple as just living a more balanced life, you know? And so you don't, you know, extremes on any, on either direction are bad, right? Like, right. you know, you have the entrepreneurs who work too much at the expense of everything and they burn out. You also have the, you know, you have the entrepreneurs who go get their expensive co-working space and spend most of the time fraternizing and drinking beers with their buddies. And, and that's a joke too. And so like, there's a happy middle ground. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think that there's almost like a cultural thing in entrepreneurship that you, you almost feel a little bit lazy if you're not working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, it's almost like you're not committed. You don't have the energy, you know, whatever it is. I think that a lot of people almost have like a guilt syndrome around it that they're not doing enough, you know, in their business. And, and, And it's almost like instead of focusing on your own lane, you're kind of checking out what everybody else is doing. And I think that can be a really dangerous thing. Totally. And to kind of connect back to one of your recent podcasts, I think it's easy to go down the path of task-based to-do lists, where as an entrepreneur, you always want to be doing something and checking something off a list because it's, it feels good, right? Like it's, it's like, you know, you check it off, you feel like you've done something and you go down that path. Soon you're filling your day with busy nonsense where really you should be more intention-based about what you're trying to accomplish, right? Exactly. And And, and the (laughs) thing is, is the majority of those to-dos don't even need to get done. Like that's the crazy thing. You like people think that it's like this mythical thing that you could run, you know, a successful business four hours a day. There's people running eight companies, you know, at once that are only putting time, you know, in here and there as necessary because the vast majority of what people do can be eliminated altogether and, and really wouldn't in, impact the trajectory of the company one way or another. Yeah. And, and it might actually be beneficial because again, you know, personal anecdote, I, I found that I was filling my day. I'd wake up into chaos, right? Like I'd wake up, check email, start responding to emails, which is the worst thing you could possibly do first thing in the morning. It's a total waste of time. It drains all your mental energy. And by the time you've gotten past all that noise and you're in the afternoon, you're tired. And so then the things that really mattered, like that one big thing you should have been focused on all day, you don't have the energy to do it. Couldn't agree more. So we're talking about, you know, you went down this path and and you utilized kind of that hustle and grind to grow, which was awesome. And you put in the energy and you put in the work. But then, you know, ultimately you, you discovered that you wanted to have like a life and 
and also run a successful business. And so how did that process of kind of recovering, how did that look like for you when you realized that you wanted to make a change to have more balance in your life? And and what were some of the things that you kind of decided would be different going forward? Yeah. So, I, I mean, as I'm kind of liking to do, I took an extreme route, um, but I think there's some good lessons in it. <clears throat> I basically one day woke up and went and bought an RV and decided I needed to get out of the office um, yep. because sitting, you know, sitting in an office was just starting to crush my soul. Yep. And, <clears throat> and I didn't feel like it was productive for the business. So, <clears throat> and I apologize, I have a little head cold. Um, yeah, so I got this RV and I just started traveling and um, it was a test. And the test was, what happens when I don't show up to the office every day? You know, in, in my, um, you know, the scary part of my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I don't show up, nobody else shows up, everything falls apart, the company implodes right. and, and, and it all goes to hell. Right. Uh, you know, what actually happened was um, nothing bad happened, right? Like I had hired amazing people. We already had an incredible team and they didn't really need me to be there day to day. So I was kind of going through this personal agony of sitting behind a desk when it wasn't necessary. And the team already knew what they were supposed to be doing because we're really good about, you know, again, like kind of goal-based or intent-based, um, you know, management where we know everyone knows what they're trying to accomplish. And so as I started traveling more and more and being in the office less and less, um, I became happier. That was, that was immediate, um, much more relaxed. And then in that relaxed, happy state of mind, I was able to start focusing on much more important things for the business, like building new products. And so I, I found that, you know, one day I was sitting in the office and I was just, you know, I'd be responding to emails that would not really move the needle much. Next day I'm in the RV and I'm driving through Bentonville, Arkansas, visiting, you know, uh, Sam Walton's first five and dime store. And it was, you know, I was inspired and I said, Hey, you know, maybe we should build a new type of product for video blocks. And that, all changed pretty quickly, you know, so just kind of putting, you know, taking the head out of this chaos space and into a much more relaxed environment worked really well for me. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I think that absolutely we box ourselves into these routines that are in no way, shape or form conducive to peak performance or optimal living. And I agree, like, you know, one of the commitments I made to myself this year, I started running again, which I used to do half marathons and be really into exercise and fitness and wellness and all of that. And then kind of life creeped up. I had my daughter, the business grew. And then all of a sudden I'm like not taking care of myself. And uh, I started back on this journey journey, you know, to health again. And what I found is in taking a step back from the business and dedicating that time to myself, all of a sudden I'm thinking more creatively. I'm having insights about the business that I never would have gotten sitting at my desk. I'm making better decisions. I'm more clear. I'm more focused. I have higher energy. And so it's so interesting, the point that you're bringing up, Joel, because I think we think that the doubling down of more of the same, the working harder, the grinding is always the answer when many times it's exactly the opposite, right? It's you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, and look, even someone like Bill Gates in his heyday, when he was growing Microsoft into one of the largest companies in the world, um, every year he would take a couple of weeks um, and what he'd call think weeks where he would just escape, like literally escape to the wilderness and it was just him and a chef in a house uh, off the grid where he would read. Yeah. And, and I got, you know, like, so even someone, even someone with much more than you and I will ever have going on in their lives, uh, if they can take the time to completely disconnect 
and say, by the way, it's super beneficial. And Bill Gates attributes much of you know, his breakthroughs and his concepts and ideas to those think weeks. Yeah, I think there's something to it. Yeah, absolutely. So you do this amazing thing. I love how you go, you get the RV, you're like traveling around. So you you pull yourself out of that. And then where do things go from there? Yeah, so, you know, it, it was an experiment at first. And it would be like a few days, and then I'd come back. And then it'd be like a week, and then I'd come back. And then a couple weeks. Uh, and And I basically learned that um, I was not needed in the office, which is great, right? Like, you know, um, it wasn't an ego thing. Like I was happy to not be needed and everyone else seemed fully supportive of me being out on the road where I could actually really help the company more than if I was in the office and stressed out. And so I kind of did that experiment for a year and then realized, okay, I love this. And I think that the biggest benefit that I can give to the company and myself is to do this full time is really not to be in the office anymore. Um, but I don't want to be an absentee CEO because I think that after a while that is a problem. Mm -hmm. And so I had this conversation with my board and with some of my team members, um, and ultimately decided to promote, uh, our chief marketing officer, TJ Leonard, amazing guy. He already had the trust of the team. He knew the business inside and out from being at the company for a couple of years um, so he jumped up to CEO with the board's blessing and I, uh, became executive chairman and that was last, um, last January. So a year ago. And, and so that, and, and so that was kind of making it official. And since then, um, have spent the year, um, RVing and then I actually moved to Vail, Colorado full time. So it's been, uh, it's really, it went from a test to a full blown you know, implementation and, in the meantime, the company you know, has grown 30%. We did $30 million in revenue last year. We're profitable. We'll grow another 30% this year. So um, everything's still working, which is cool. Yeah, that's amazing. It, the I think one of the most fun things that I've experienced in my business so far has been seeing the blossoming of my team members and seeing them grow in their roles and seeing them, you know, go from being like, you know, someone that you're mentoring and teaching everything to into, you know, expanding and actually building knowledge like beyond you. And I think that's like the peak of life is like when you are surrounded in your own company with people that are better at things than you are and, and you can begin to make that transformation, uh, that, that's the part that we as entrepreneurs, like we get so stuck down in the day to day and our heads are down and we're working so hard and we're so focused. We forget to be thinking about like, what do we want the future to look like? And you obviously did a great job of like growing this family and building this, this team that you were surrounded by so that when you made this decision that you were ready to transition, like all the pieces were already there, which is amazing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Although I will admit that <clears throat> one of the other big, you know, failures I think I had was not hiring and um, not hiring early enough. And I think this is one of the another thing that I think entrepreneurs fall into the trap of is, at least is how it was for me. I I held on to too much responsibility for too long for two reasons. One, I was cheap, and I thought, hey, why hire someone to do marketing or customer service when I can do it myself, right? There's enough hours in the day. And then that money goes straight into my pocket. Uh, and that's a flawed concept, right? As I learned, as I started hiring, you know, when you hire people, like you said, that are better than you at the job you're doing, uh, the tides rise. And so I was handling all the marketing for a long time. That took a lot of time. I then hired marketers are way smarter than I was 
And yes, they cost money, but they more than offset that by growing the business. And so that was, that was, that was enlightening. Um, so, you know, being cheap was one of the mistakes I made early on. And then I think number two is, um, just try and hold on to too much responsibility. You know, it can be hard as an entrepreneur to relinquish control and you got to do it. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing both of those things and, and being open about that, Joel, because those are two things that I see with entrepreneurs at all levels. I mean, it, it, we we struggle so much, entrepreneurs struggle so much to make the right investments at the right time. And I say it to my clients over and over again. It's like one of my soapboxes. You wait too long to hire or you're too cheap to hire the right person. All the growth that you work so hard to create then creeps back and slips back to the capacity that your business can handle. Because you now don't have the capacity to be able to keep growing because by the time that you hire someone, the business has to slip back so that the people that you do have can manage it. And so I think hiring too slowly is definitely one of the biggest things that holds entrepreneurs back in general. And then making wrong hiring decisions because you're making it based on the money instead of based on the future vision that you have for the company and the type of person it will require to achieve that future vision that you have. Absolutely. And and on that second point, I've learned this very much firsthand. You get what you pay for and and you really should be paying top of market. And so for all of our positions at Videoblocks, we pay top of market uh, for every position because you, you get top of market people. Right. Right. And, and if you try to save a couple dollars, it's like it's like going and getting discount sushi, not something I'm super interested in doing. Right. right. Like there's a place to save money, like toilet paper. And there's a place to uh, not save money. Sushi. And, you, and your employees are the best high grade sushi you can get. Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more. It's so, so important. I love that. Well, we talked a little bit about some of your your mistakes or learnings or growth opportunities, but obviously you did a whole heck of a lot right to get the unbelievable awards that you've gotten and the Inc. 500. And I mean, we could just sit here all day and list all the accomplishments that you've had. So what was special about your approach, your dedication, your discipline, um, the strategies that you use? Like what made this possible for you, Joel? You know, I I think one of the things that's benefited me is um, having some self-awareness through the process. Right. So I started the company while I was in college at Babson and graduated from Babson, you know, in 2009, first year doing it all myself, got it to a million dollars in revenue, which was super exciting. But then sat back and, you know, the question was, hey, am I trying to build a lifestyle business uh, where I just run this and have a nice cash flow? Or am I trying to build a company uh, and something that's actually going to have a, you know, make a change in the creative world? And so, I reflected and decided I want to build something bigger than just a cash flow generating company. That's not my goal. Um, and so then we go from one to two, two to four, four to eight million. And it's like this, it's another crossroads where the question is, okay, now I'm running a pretty big company and there's only like 10 employees. Um, and again, the reflection was, well, how well do I know myself? And I'm like, I'm young. I'm, I'm in my twenties. I don't know anything about leadership. And so I, I realized that I needed to bring on really smart people to help or else I was going to get in my own way. And I'd seen a lot of, you know, a lot of other entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs get kind of cocky and arrogant and get in the, you know, get in the way of their own success. So, um, I raised funding. And so that's where in 2012, we did a, uh, 10 and a half million dollar series, a fundraise. 
And more than the money, the benefit was bringing on these partners who have really helped us grow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, you know, in the beginning, in the early stages when you were, you know, working, because, you know, the vast majority of entrepreneurs, the the big goal that they have right now is making it to that million dollar mark, right? So when you're talking to this audience and, and they're sitting here and maybe they're at their first hundred thousand or maybe they're at 500,000, they want to make that push to a million. What would you say were, were some of the things reflecting back that, that catapulted you to that level? Yeah, it was just having a very um, keen understanding of the unit economics of the business. And so, um, you know, VideoBlocks is a subscription-based service. We sell stock video subscriptions, but it doesn't matter what you're selling. You know how much a customer is worth, or at least that's what you really need to find out, right? How much is a customer worth, whether they're a subscriber or just simply buying product? On average, what are they worth? And once we found that, right, once we were confident that, hey, when Kelly Roach becomes a subscriber, on average, she's going to be worth you know X number of dollars over 12 months. Well, then we can go out and start lighting up marketing campaigns. And as long as it's less than that price, it's profit, right? right. Uh, at least that's how we set success. And so we figured out what the customer is worth in a year and decided that was what we were comfortable spending up to. Uh, and then we went out and started lighting up social, uh, you know, social media campaigns, search engine marketing, email marketing, um, a bunch of direct response, online marketing campaigns, and actually we were able to go really quickly from a hundred thousand to a million in revenue because it was just scaling a system that was working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's not, you know, I think I, I really like that you walked through that there because, you know, one of the things I hear from entrepreneurs all the time is that they're so scared to make that investment. They don't, they never feel like they can quote unquote afford it. And, you know, I, I, there's a theme that I like to talk about on the show a lot, which is, you know, you have to go first, right? Like everybody wants their business to put out the money and the income first, and then they're going to invest in the business later. Right. So like instead of saying, what's the lifetime value of the customer? Let's go spend, you know, up to, you know, that amount so that we can achieve the growth that they, we want and then, you know, pull out what we're looking to. You know, most people want that kind of microwave quick overnight, like, hey, let me pull out my salary year one and let me grow my salary year two. Um, and, and then they're kind of scratching their heads, wondering why they can't grow. And, and I think it's really that invest first mentality that's so, so important there. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, because, you know, the, the overhead is going to be the overhead and there's going to be, you know, certain costs. But really, when you're looking at scaling the business, it's it's just that basic unit economic um, number of what's the customer worth. And as long as you're spending less than that, you're making money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, really understanding the 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 key metrics for your business, whatever your business is. Um, that's very important. That's great. That is a great exercise for people. So I really appreciate that. Thank you, Joel. So I want to ask you really quickly, um, as far as video blocks go, so your subscription-based service, I know you have videos. You also have the images. Are you working with mostly bigger companies? Are you working with individuals, small business owners? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, we have about 150,000 paying members uh, for video blocks, um, and also audio blocks, graphic stock. Um, our target customer, and this was very intentional from the beginning was not to service the big guy with the big budget. Uh, it was, it was very specifically to help creative enthusiasts and, you know, aspirational creators make better stuff. And, and this came from a personal need. You know, when I was in high school, 
I was working on a small TV show and we would interview all these really cool people. Um, we even got Arnold Schwarzenegger to sit down and have a conversation about advice for teens, but we had no budget. We were a nonprofit organization and I was really bummed that we couldn't afford to create a really high production value, right? We couldn't afford basically all the stuff we now sell at video blocks, the music, the transitions, the explosions, the shots from a helicopter, right? Like I wanted to open the, the show with Arnold. I wanted to open it with a Hollywood, you know, this right, flyover right. shot of the Hollywood yeah. sign and couldn't afford it. So, so yeah, the, the reason we started the company was to help low budget creators, um, access this material. And so that's still the mission today. So of that 150,000 member base, the, the majority are freelancers, enthusiasts, YouTube video makers, people who really want to make a living uh, making video, but don't have a budget. Uh, yeah. So, and, and it's funny, un, unexpectedly, all the high-end guys also jumped on board. So ABC, MTV, NBC, Paramount, like they're all customers and they all use video blocks. And it's cool to have them and it's nice to have their logos and it's cool to see our stuff show up in movies and TV shows. Um, but that's just kind of a byproduct of design <laughs> that their real goal is to help the budget conscious person. Gotcha. That's really, really exciting and interesting. And I love what you guys are doing there. And it is really tough. Like we're looking for a new designer for my company right now. And when you don't have access to the right person at the right time for the creative aspect of the business, it can be a huge bottleneck and it can be really, really challenging. And, you know, especially with building your business online now, you know, a lot of every touch point and impression that people have of your business and of your brand is the optic is it is the design right absolutely yeah absolutely and and i think to your point today it's it's cheaper and easier than ever to look really good and so you yeah. should you should invest in making your digital presence look sharp yes i love it that's awesome absolutely awesome so joel what um what are you most excited about that's going on in the business right now is there anything specific any resource or um do you want to send people to your website what should people do um if they're excited to learn more about what you're doing and, and what you have going on with video blocks yeah so i think you know there's two things one you know if you're looking for content um, video clips that you want to put into YouTube videos or advertisements, go to videoblocks.com. It's, um, you know, the, it's the most inexpensive and high quality stuff you'll find anywhere out there. Um, and the second thing is if you're a shooter, like if you already shoot content, if you have a video camera or a drone and you have video clips that you want to sell and make money from, we have a marketplace that pays out millions of dollars back to creators. And so you can go to contribute.videoblocks.com it's completely free, always will be free for contributors to sign up and you can start uploading your content immediately. And when it sells, um, you start re receiving a check every month. Very cool. That's so interesting. Well, I'm definitely going to be checking out video blocks for use in our business because we use video and graphics all the time, obviously. Um, so very cool. And do you want to give uh, our listeners your website to check out too? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just www.videoblocks.com. Uh, if you're looking for music, it's audioblocks.com. If you're looking for graphics uh, or photos, stock photos, it's graphicstock.com. And then if you want to connect with me personally, um, just go to joelkentholland.com and it will redirect you to my LinkedIn profile. And I would love to uh, connect. Just say, say you heard me chatting with Kelly. 
And we'll Fantastic. become friends. Thank you so much, Joel. I really appreciate all of the, the insight that you shared about your journey, the key learnings, the things that you pulled out, the growth that you achieved has been ridiculous. It's awesome. And um, definitely wishing you, um, you know, even more success from here. And thank you so much for taking the time to share everything that you did with our listeners today. Well, thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. All right. So to everyone listening today, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us on Unstoppable Success Radio. If you can think of three people that could learn something valuable from today's episode, make sure that you hit the share button, get them over listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you haven't already, make sure you text in the word IGNITE to 44222 so that you can start receiving our two-minute tip videos every Friday that are going to change your life. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.